attention today for uh, these moments of proclamation to the book of Titus, to the book of Titus, the epistle of Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 is where we will launch from today. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. There you'll find these words from the English Standard Version, and they should be appear before you on your screen now. Titus 2 and 11 reads as follows. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for him a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God for God's word on this day from Titus chapter 2. So we share together in these moments on this day after Christmas worship experience. So many things happening all at once in the Christmas season, preparing to enter into a new year. Uh, Kwanzaa, of course, uh, just taking these moments of rest and reflection. We want to uh, tag this particular text with the topic, The Enduring Power of Christmas. The enduring power of Christmas. Christmas is indeed a season of great joy and merrymaking. Even in the midst of the badness and the things and the bad news that is happening around us and the things that are challenging us in these moments, somehow at Christmas time, we can find a way to table those for a moment and enjoy the happiness and the joy of this season that we experience. Many of us on yesterday experienced this joy in several different ways. Children ripping open gifts and playing with new toys. Old family traditions of gathering and coming together and even creating new family traditions. The sounds of laughter as family and friends gathered around dinner tables and filled our homes. The reconnecting with friends and reminiscing about days gone by reading the story from the, from the good book that propels this season to a, para, to a paramount importance during this time of year. And all of this makes for a season of great celebration and, yes, great joy. Yet it is the words of the angel's refrain that continue to hauntingly ring across time as we read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. It says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The town of David, a Savior is born, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This angelic announcement to the shepherds on that Christmas night should, on one hand, move us to joy, and on the other hand, cause us to ask the question, what does the coming of Jesus, the babe born in Bethlehem, mean for us? Not just in terms of our salvation and reconnection with God, our creator. What, what does Jesus' coming as God with us mean for us as followers of Christ? 
This goes beyond being saved. It is more than reserving a place for ourselves in the eternal by and by. Christmas for the follower of Christ is not just a commemorative moment on the calendar, but it speaks to the very existence of our everyday living and being. And far too often, we can place emphasis on the miracle of Christmas while the work of Christmas remains as an unopened gift of the season. <clears throat> yes, it is the work and the power of Christmas that famed African-American theologian Howard Thurman challenges us to reflect on in his poem titled The Work of Christmas. It says, quote, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, and to make music in the heart. Yet while this Christmas season will soon come to an end, we'll soon fade into the uh, annals of our history, of our memories of Christmas has gone by. I suggest to us today that Christmas possesses a greater power than just reindeer, poinsettias, eggnog, and Christmas trees. That the source of the power for the work of Christmas to be completed in this season isn't at the North Poles or isn't in the memories that we hold dear. Our text today helps us and reminds us that the enduring power for us to help us continue the work of Christmas beyond this season extends uh, beyond the most wonderful time of year and is found in the grace of God. Yes, it's found in the grace of God. So we turn our attention to the text in Titus chapter 2. Uh, it begins with this introduction about how the message of the gospel should have a practical integration into the everyday lives of the believers. The goal of the author is to compel those who lead uh, to be examples of the grace of the gospel for others to see. <clears throat> Not just in the context of their ministry, but in the way they live their lives. The author of this letter doesn't stop there, but continues to expound about the influence of the gospel message in the life of every demographic of the faith community. In verse 2, he points out that older men should live lives of temperance, dignity, wisdom, health, faith, love, and endurance. In verses 3 through 5, he says the older women need to be guides, uh, guided in, uh, into lives of reverence so as to be examples to the younger women in how to carry themselves in their relationships and manage their responsibilities. In verse 6, he says simply and profoundly, to the younger men to live disciplined lives. He says that the slave, the servant, the employee should be loyal workers, allowing the character of Christ to shine through in their work ethic and faithfulness to the, to the task that they've been given. These verses preceding our text are centered around the leader being the example for the people by doing what is good and ensuring that his walk matches his talk. And we ought to pause there and be reminded that we can't just speak about our faith, but we need to be about our faith. We ought to be reminded 
Uh, that Christmas is more than just a good feeling, that the gospel is more than just something that we hold on to for ourselves, but that there should be evidence of the gospel's power in our lives. It should come out in the way that we go about each and every day and in every interaction that we have. It should be evident in our relationships, evident on our jobs, evident in our communities that we are carriers of the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are carriers of the good news that Jesus has come for you and for me. And this is what our author today is reminding Titus of in this particular letter, that in every area, in every aspect of life, that the gospel, that the power of Jesus Christ, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in Bethlehem, that the power of this child, this Christ child, this Messiah child, ought to infiltrate and uh, be a part and integrate itself into every area of our lives. The way we live, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we serve, the way we give, the way we participate, the way we share, the way we stand up for what is right, the way that we look out for the least, the lost, the left out, and the looked, looked over, that the gospel, because of how Jesus has come through the womb of a lowly virgin, named Mary, into poverty of Bethlehem, that the way that Jesus has come into the world is a sign for us that we have to integrate the gospel into every area of our lives. Yes, the author lays all of this out for Titus, and then in verse 11, we come to the climactic and central sentence of this chapter. For in verse 11, the author gives the rationale for his instructions in verses 1 through 10, he says, for the grace of God, somebody ought to say grace. The grace of God has appeared that has offered salvation and has appeared to all the people. This impetus of how we live our lives as believers is rooted in the fact that the grace of God has appeared. Yes, it's the grace of God that has shown up in our lives that's allowed us uh, to be in the places, in the spaces that we find ourselves. It's the grace of God that saw fit to send Jesus to be born, that we might even have a Christmas to celebrate in 2021. It was the grace of God that has been extended unto us, that has kept us and saved us and preserved us so that God can get the glory out of our lives. The theological reason for the celebration of the Christmas holiday is simple. That God thought enough of humanity to wrap God's self in human flesh for the sake of showing us the perfect integration of what it looks like when God shows up in human life. Yes, Jesus was born as an example for us. Yes, he was born to be our, our sacrificial savior. But he was also born to be an example for us of how we live, how we walk, how we talk. And how we exist in the world. We couldn't get to Jesus where Jesus was. So Jesus had to come down to us. In other words, the gift of Christmas is more than just this season of merriment and good cheer. It's more uh, than just what we experience in uh, the joy that we find in gathering together in this season. It's more than what we see in pretty decorations and bright lights on our homes. It's more than gifts under the tree. But it's actually about the lived out expression of the gospel embodied in a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, in a stable in Bethlehem. The very fact that Jesus came in the form of a baby is a sign of the favor of God given to humanity 
And out of all of the ways that we look for the grace of God operating in our lives, there is no greater point of grace, no greater point of favor than to point to where Jesus broke into the world so that we would be transformed. And so the world would be made better. The world would move more and more towards that, which was the initial idea of God in the beginning of time, breaking through into our lives so that we might be transformed even now. This is what the celebration of Christmas is all about. The narrative is rooted in, in, in the appearance of God's grace into the world. Uh, you know the story. The angel appeared to Zechariah to profess the birth, to prophesy the birth rather of John the Baptist. The angel appeared to Mary to tell her that she was pregnant with this divine child. The angel appeared to Joseph to reassure him that it was okay to take Mary as his wife. The angel appeared to the shepherds and sharing the good news of Jesus' birth. The Christmas story is about the appearance of God's grace in the world. <clears throat> and we ought to take a moment real quick just uh, to type in the comments right now that word. Type in the word appeared in the comments. We ought to take a moment to uh, remember the ways that God's grace has appeared in our lives. We were sick, but God's grace appeared. We were broke, but God's grace appeared. We were lost, but God's grace appeared. We were confused, but God's grace appeared. We were in distress, in despair, but God's grace appeared. We were at our wit's end, but the grace of God that surpasses all understanding, the grace of God, which has no limit or no end, appeared in our lives. Yes, the celebration and the commemoration of the Christ child's birth should bring us to a point of theological inquiry about the very notion that God is with us. This is the meaning of the name given to the divine child in Matthew 1 as an expression of God's grace towards humanity. God doesn't just sit above us and look down on us, but God is actually among us, working in us, working around us, and working through us. Because God's grace has appeared in our lives, it should influence the way that we live. For the enduring power of Christmas is rooted in the grace and the favor of God expressed in our everyday lives. Because of grace, we should walk different. Because of grace, we ought to talk different. Because of grace, we should love better. Because of grace, we should believe more deeply. Because of grace, we can be full of joy. Because of grace uh, is better than any present. We could get under the tree because the gift of grace endures for all time. What makes grace then, what makes God's grace the enduring power of Christmas? Well, first, the text helps us because it reminds us that grace redeems. Grace redeems. You ought to type that in the comments. Grace redeems. Check the text in verse 11. The author uses the word salvation, and then in the first part of verse 14, he uses the term redeem. Yes, these two words have similar meaning, to be saved, to be saved from, uh, from damnation, to be pulled into soul salvation. Uh, say, to say, salvation is to save from something. We talked about uh, that last week as we reviewed Zachariah's song in Luke chapter 1. To be saved from something is what salvation is. To be redeemed means to be bought back from something. You know how we do. We redeem the coupons or the coupon codes on the internet to help give us a little discount, to help us redeem uh, something, to save a little money on the back end. Salvation is to be saved from something, uh, to be redeemed 
redeemed is to be bought back from something. And that big something that we're bought back is from the power of sin over our lives. This is why grace matters. Because it redeems us. And it saves us. And it keeps us from the power of sin having hold over our lives. When we weren't guaranteed, when we were guaranteed to not make it. God sent God's grace and extended God's grace unto us to redeem us so that sin could no longer control us. And that's good news for us today because that means that we don't have to give in to the, uh, to the, to the desires of our flesh. That means that we can be watchful and that we can wa- work and walk and move in the way that the Lord has called for us to do without worrying about uh, the, the penalty of sin hanging over our head. Uh, because what I discovered, y'all, is that often uh, that, that oftentimes we can look at our salvation and use fear to motivate ourselves that we don't want to go to hell, that we don't want to be in God's bad graces, but God's uh, redempting power, God's salvific power is a sign of God's love, that God uses love to compel us. The Bible says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee, not with fear, not to scare you uh, into being right, not to scare you into doing right, but to love you into doing right. And how does God show forth God's love unto us? By extending us grace to redeem us. Grace redeems us, y'all. And I believe uh, that every day we wake up, uh, that morning by morning we get new doses of grace uh, and new doses of mercies. That's what the hymn writer said, that great is God's faithfulness because of morning uh, by morning new mercies uh, we see new portions of grace uh, we experience in our lives. We experience God's grace and it gives us the blessing of being able to try it one more time. Yeah, the reason why you've had so many chances, the reason why your first mistake didn't take you out, the reason why you've messed up time and time again, why you've fallen down six times and been able to get up seven is because of the redeeming grace of God in our lives. Is there anybody that's watching me today on Facebook, on YouTube, or Zoom conference call that's glad today for grace because you know that grace has provided you with a new beginning that grace has given you another chance and I'm not and I'm not surprised y'all when I look at the calendar I get excited thinking about Jesus because I recognize that the Christmas is just a week out from New Year's when we celebrate new beginnings according to our time but I'm so glad that God doesn't wait until the new year to extend new grace unto us because he knows that we need God's redeeming power each and every day that we need God to show up and forgive us that we need God to give us another chance and so each and every day God redeems us God gives us grace God brings us back God gives us another chance to get it right because sin will place us in the dead end of hopelessness but because of God's grace we have a way out and a new hope to guide us. We have new hope that we can hold on to. God's grace redeems us. It buys us back. It brings us back into the presence of God and gives us a right relationship. And that's the power of grace in the midst of this Christmas season that we can carry with us each and 
every day uh, that grace has redeemed us. And there's good news today uh, for someone who's watching uh, that may think that that only applies to the church folks. That only applies to those who've been walking with the Lord a long time. No, the Bible says that God sent Jesus into the world as an act of love for all of humanity. So that grace doesn't extend just to the preacher or the deacon. It doesn't extend to the just to the musician or the trustee. It doesn't extend just to those who have been in church for a long time. But that grace can be extended unto you today. That you might be redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed by the grace of God. If you're ready to be redeemed again each and every day by the grace of God. You want to type it in the comments right now and said, I've been redeemed bought with the price because Jesus has changed my whole life. And if anybody asks me just who I am, you can tell them that I am redeemed. And I'm redeemed because of the grace of God. It's available for everyone. It's available for each one of us on today. But not only does grace redeem y'all, but the text helps us because it tells us that grace reforms. Yes, grace uh, reforms. The term salvation and redeem in verse 11 and 14 bring thoughts about a one-time experience. And y'all, we experience salvation when Jesus came into our hearts and our lives. We were de- redeemed. <clears throat> we were redeemed by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But if we aren't careful, we can miss what the author is seeking to teach here in the text. The context of the chapter points not to just being justified by the grace of God, but being sanctified by the grace of God. Yeah, yeah, being sanctified. Justification happens when we say yes unto the Lord. At the moment we say yes, we're made right with God. But sanctification, y'all, is a process. That's a lifelong process from the moment we say yes to the moment uh, that we transition from this earth either by death or through uh, the coming back of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being caught up in the air to meet him, we're being sanctified. We're being made and conformed into the image of Christ. That's why in verse 12 it says uh, that grace shows us how to turn our backs on the godless and indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled and God-honoring life. Y'all, I like that because grace, uh, grace reforms us because it teaches us first how to say no to some stuff. Grace teaches us how to say no to some stuff. No, notice what the text says in verse 12. It says it's training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and righteous. It's teaching us to say no to stuff that's not good for us. No to stuff that doesn't honor God. No to stuff. It, it, it is a process of unlearning because the reality is that we have to learn how to, we have to unlearn looking at ourselves from our own view. We have to unlearn seeing ourselves from the place of earth, from the place of our own position because when we do that we're either going to get too big headed or we're going to think too low of ourselves and we won't see ourselves rightly in the eyes of God that's the power of grace because it helps us to see ourselves rightly it helps us to see ourselves from a place of love and not a place of fear for when we have received the gift of grace we have to learn how to let grace guide us into becoming more and more like Christ that means we got to learn to say no to some stuff we got to learn to say
say no to some vices, no to some places, no to some people, no to some ideas, no to some opportunities, no to some folks that want to pull us in a direction that pulls us away from being centered in Jesus Christ. But not only does grace reform us because it teaches us how to say no to some things, but it reforms us because it teaches us to say yes to the right things. Yeah, it teaches us to say yes to the right things. In other words, y'all, grace teaches us and helps us to relearn who we are, not from the view of ourselves, not from the view of others around us, but from the view of the one who created us. That's why Jesus came into the world to give us a new view of how we can live as humanity here together in the earth, how we can love better and live together better and care better and serve better and stand up for justice together better. That's why Jesus came so that we can learn how to say yes to the right things, how to relearn ourselves from the view of God, the one who shaped us and formed us in his own image. Uh, that looks like this, y'all. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit come in the form of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and humility. Y'all, when we learn to let grace guide us, to let grace reform us, to let grace change us, to let grace get deep down on the inside, when we learn to accept this grace thing for real, for real, I believe we'll discover uh, that God is shaping us and shifting us and changing us and transforming us so that we can uh, say that the things we used to do uh, we don't even want to do no more it's not just that we don't do them because we can't do them but it's that we don't want to do them no more uh, but the places I used to go I don't want to go there uh, anymore uh, but not just because I can't go there but because it's not where I want to be but we can find ourselves and our testimony reforming our minds that's why Paul wrote in, in Romans chapter 12 be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and the renewing of our mind starts with the power of grace in our lives that's the power of Jesus coming into the world as a babe born in Bethlehem because he reforms for us what it means to be human what it means to walk by the spirit in this human experience uh, on today uh, because grace is powerful uh, and because grace moves us in this way uh, grace can reform us grace will redeem us but also today uh, grace will be our reward grace rewards us yeah yeah the check the text in verse number 13 grace it says that uh Titus learns that while we wait for this blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. Um, check this out as we think about the time of Christmas. Many people look uh, towards the season of Christmas as a day of reward for good behavior uh, throughout the year. And y'all, I want to tell you, uh, I had to have a conversation the other night uh, with my middle boy, Jameson, because he was afraid that he was going to be on the naughty list, that he wasn't going to have any presents under the tree, uh, that he 
was going to have coal in his stocking. You know all of these things that uh, we that we tell our children over the years that they hear over the years about being good little boys and girls. And what I had to tell him and remind him that I was his father and that I was going to make sure that he had a gift under the tree because I saw him growing and I saw him trying. And even though he makes mistakes and throws tantrums sometimes, even though he doesn't do all that we ask him to do when we ask him to do it uh, sometimes uh, that we can find that he can find himself confident uh, that he would have a gift uh, at least one gift under the tree y'all and I believe uh, that when he woke up on Christmas morning that he was pleasantly surprised that he had more than one gift uh, under the tree all I want you to know uh, is that grace uh, helps us to receive the reward uh, rewards that we might not even deserve because the truth is that each and every one of us are on God's naughty list that each and every one of us don't deserve what God has given unto us but that's the beautiful thing about grace is that grace uh, is being given what we don't deserve and God has given us what we didn't deserve because we didn't earn God's love God just gave it to us we haven't earned God's mercy God just gave it to us we haven't earned God's grace God has extended it unto us and that ought to bring joy into our spirits that ought to cause us to lift our hands in praise uh, because the reward for receiving God's grace is for the right now and for the hereafter uh, it's not just about waiting for Jesus to show up on that great getting up morning uh, but it's also for life right now that the power of grace rewards us with being able to live today uh, knowing that God is with us knowing that God is on our side knowing that God is right there beside us y'all salvation doesn't begin when we die but it starts when the grace of God appears unto us and is accepted by us so my question for you today is have you accepted the grace of God into your life for real for real I know that you went down in the water some years ago I know that you've been a part of a church community for decades but have you accepted the grace of God that doesn't hold your shortcomings against you that doesn't hold your mistakes against you because if you don't accept God's grace it's going to be hard for you to receive the rewards that God has for you today you don't got to wait until the great by and by you don't have to wait until tomorrow because God wants you to experience a little bit of heaven right here on earth that's the reward of grace is being able to get up every day with the confidence and knowing that you've been forgiven that yes you mess up yes you say crazy stuff sometimes yes you don't get it right all the times but God's grace reigns over you God's grace covers your mistakes God's grace keeps you even when you don't want to be kept God's grace helps you to experience the power of the enduring power of this Christmas season all year long God's grace gives us a greater hope it gives us a great hope today and it gives us great hope that we will see Jesus
Jesus again uh, when he appears uh, in the in the when the trumpet sounds uh, at the twinkling of an eye. Uh, here's the truth today, y'all, that we weren't around for the angels' announcements to the shepherds, but we've got a new hope because of God's grace. We weren't there for the birth of Christ, but we've got a new hope because of God's grace. We can only read about the things that Jesus did while he lived because we weren't there, but we've got a new hope because of God's grace. We weren't there when they beat him and they crucified him and they hung him on an old rugged cross, but we are beneficiaries of the hill called Calvary and the blood that came streaming down. We've got new hope and it's because of God's grace. We weren't there y'all when he got up out of the grave, but that's the power of the Lord coming forth through the grave today and flowing into our lives because we've got a new hope because of God's grace. We weren't there when Jesus returned into heaven, but we still got a new hope because of God's grace because the gift of God's grace was born in a manger in Bethlehem we have new hope the gift of God's grace was appeared uh, 2,000 years ago and it gave humanity new hope and the gift of God's grace is right here for you today so don't miss it go ahead and say yes to it and say yes to God's grace because God's grace uh, will be there with us uh, each and every day. Uh, you've got to say yes to God's grace. Is there anybody in this chat today? Is there anybody on this stream today who's ready to say yes to God's grace? Uh, the greatest gift of love is because of God's love. And because of God's love for us and God's grace extended unto us it's because of the greatest gift the greatest gift of love that was given to us through Jesus Christ and the enduring power of Christmas is this that God's grace has appeared unto us and all we have to do is accept it and thank God for what the Lord has done and walk in it every day Stop beating yourself up for the mistakes you've made. Ask God for forgiveness and believe that God's grace extends, yes, even unto you. Even unto what you did. Even unto what you said. Even unto the mistakes that you've made. The missteps that have happened in your life. Believe that God's grace extends unto you today. And it'll change your outlook. It's God's grace will redeem us. God's grace reforms us. God's grace rewards us by allowing us to live each and every day in the presence of a mighty God who cares for us and continues to lead us and guide us along the way. Come on, won't you pray with me now? God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for this Christmas season, which is a reminder of how you blessed us how you desired to extend your grace unto us. Extending your grace unto us through 
your son, which you sent down through 40 and two generations, we might experience your love, experience your grace, experience this enduring power. God, don't let this Christmas, the enduring power of this season end because Christmas is behind us now and we're anticipating the next celebration of this season, God, but let the power of Christmas, the power of Christ coming into the world, extend into our lives each and every day. Help us to accept it. Help us to embrace it. Help us to be empowered by it, to live lives that are pleasing unto you. Now, God, we pray for some man, woman, boy, or girl who finds themselves today in need of a Savior. They need find themselves in need of grace today. God, help them to say yes unto you. Help them to trust you. Help them to commit their lives and submit their lives to the grace that you've extended unto them. God, we pray now for one who needs to rededicate their lives. They have walked away from that grace, God. The good news is that it's still there and available for each and every one of us. No matter what we do, God, so help them to embrace it, to return unto you. God, we pray for one who may want to say yes to being committed partnering their life and their work with us here at Mount Carmel Baptist Church. God, we pray for each and every person today, Lord God, who is watching the stream, those who are sick and shut in, those who are dealing and grieving right now, God, those who stand in need of healing and provision. God, we pray for our world, our city, our nation, our state. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our church. We pray for our community. God, we lift it all up to you right now. God, because the reality is, is we don't know what to do. We don't know which way to turn, God. But if you guide us, if you lead us, we know that we'll be able to be agents of your grace unto the world. God, we thank you today now. We honor you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.